Normally, I open up these podcasts with a joke or, you know, some sort of a made-up skit in some way. Uh, this time, it's going to be more of a solemn opening because it's come to my attention that one of my old buddies and former co-workers slash friend has passed away. Um, I don't I don't know much about it right now, but I just wanted to share a few thoughts and memories um, about Quincy right now. Uh, he was a good dude. I, you know, didn't know him for very long. We worked together for a few years, and it's funny. I, he had a very, we'll put it this way. He was very intimidating um, to me at first. But then once I got talking to him, you know, we became friends and really close at work. It was, you know, you know those guys that just, you know, they look like they could beat the fuck into you, but they're actually just nice dudes. It's just, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think that he's gone and he's so young and he's leaving behind his daughters and his wife. It's really heartbreaking stuff, but you know, it's, I like to think back on the memories of us playing call of duty. You know, we had the whole, the whole store kind of, we all kind of game together after hours and a lot of us did our own thing. But I remember in particular, I believe it was black ops too. Um, me and Quincy and my brother, we would stay up to like, shit like two in the morning some days and you know we'd just be like grinding out our prestige and i have a lot of good <coughs> excuse me i have a lot of fond memories of call of duty like black ops 2 in particular just having a lot of fun playing it online and i hadn't really had fun in those games since you know like the original modern warfare modern warfare 2 that kind of thing and I think, you know, Quincy was a big part of that. It was just fun. And for a long time, that was pretty much our, our meta in life was, you know, we'd get off work and then, you know, be on around seven. Yeah, okay, let's go. And then, you know, we do that. And then he's also a fun dude to just party with, to just hang out with and, you know, share some laughs, share some drinks. And he was out wild dude once you got him drinking that's for sure and <clears throat> i feel sad because he did move away so we kind of lost connection for a few years there but i always thought about going to visit him but that's the problem is that you you know you never do these things you never think about it because you don't think about things like death and you know especially for people so young so you know yeah you, you wish you had seen them more. You wish you would have talked to them more. And, you know, we hadn't really talked for, it's been quite a few years, but, you know, when I heard the news, I thought it was a joke. I honestly did think it was a joke. I really couldn't believe it because he's just not, he's not very old. Not at all. So, I uh, just want to share those few thoughts here. Uh, obviously, my thoughts are with his family, with his daughters. With his, you know, wife. I don't, I don't think, I don't believe they were married, but they've been together for 
ever. I know she's just devastated. And I don't I don't blame her, so you know. We're all here for you if you need us and yeah, rest in peace, buddy. Uh safe cold one for me. Welcome everybody back to Not Rich Just Bored, episode number sixty-two. Right off coming right off of the Harry Potter thing. <laughs> uh it's gonna be probably a shorter one. I have this dirty sore throat right now. I probably sound like dirty ass cheeks and <coughs> I'm gonna be coughing the whole time. Uh I guess I can give my final kind of thoughts. I've put a lot of time. I've put about 54 hours, 55 hours into Hogwarts Legacy. I'm I'm at the finish line. We'll put it that way. I'm at the final quest. I haven't beaten it yet. I haven't done the final quest, but I've done, you know, all the build-up shit and all the side quests. So I'm going to kind of give my final thoughts here. I know I gave some thoughts, ugh, excuse me, in the last episode, but... This is kind of the, you know, when you've kind of reached the the climax and you're, you know, a bit of the rose-colored shit is off. And you could give it an honest thought. And my honest thought is that it's still a great game. I have nothing against that. I think the game is amazing. But I have some criticisms because I'm done the game now. So I, well, again, I just have like one more quest to do for the main thing. But I have enough to go on that I know what's going on. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert. Again, if you want to play it, just keep skipping ahead until I stop talking about <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know when that will be, but, you know, just keep going. And if you hear me go like, Harry Potter, then you know you're still on the same uh, subject. But, yeah, so my my my, my criticisms for the game is uh, i guess i'll just start first of all with the enemy uh the enemy types combat's fun a lot of people there's they have mixed reviews or mixed ideas on the combat i don't know they didn't like it or they thought it was repetitive i didn't really find that it it didn't seem to be any more repetitive than any other fucking you know it didn't seem to be any more repetitive than any other game out there like really like there's only so much you could do because you got to dance that fine line between fun combat and just overly complex bullshit combat. You know? You got to get that balance of fun like Diablo 2 or overly complex like, what the hell? What was that Diablo 2 clone? I'm going to have to look it up right now because it's going to frustrate the shit out of me. It was, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Diablo clone. What clone tracker? What the hell is that? <clears throat> My lord. Path of Exile. I think that's the one. I think that's the one. Hold on. Path of Exile. So, so like, I, obviously I love Diablo 2. It's an awesome game. But, and there's a game called Path of Exile. I played it for a little bit. 
it's it was like uh, a Diablo two style game, you know, a top down dungeon runner. And anybody who knows this, if you've ever heard of this game, you know that it's got one of the most insane skill trees ever. And I think they're talking about it takes thir- uh, one thousand three hundred eighty five skill points to. Or it takes 1,385 skill points to allocate every passive on the tree. So to get every passive ability, you'd have to spend that many skill points. It's absolutely insane. You should Google the image of it. Just Google, like, Path of Exile skill tree. You'll see it. It looks like a fucking mosaic painting or something. It's it's out of control. So, you know, games have to have that fine line balance between, you know, like fun, but slightly repetitive where, you know, like Hogwarts Legacy locks you to four abilities at a time. So, you know, it kind of limits what you could do with one skill bar, but it's more simplistic where if people have like a whole toolbar of options, they get over overwhelmed. That's why World of Warcraft back in the day, they cut down a lot of their skills for a lot of their... You know, I'm just going to say like hunters, for example, old school hunters and wow, people who played wow back in the day, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. You had like a hundred fucking skills and you had no place to put them on your toolbar and your toolbar, your, your toolbars, obviously people use mods and they would use the custom toolbars, which was smart at the time. But even then it doesn't stray from the fact that it was convoluted and fucking stupid. But because you had all your tracking, you could track every type of like track beasts, track humanoids, track undead, shit like that. Was there an undead one? I don't even remember. But either way, you had all your tracking and then they simplified later and they just made it as a map option on your map. If you had the skill, you could track humanoids on your map or what have you. So they made it a little bit easier in that way. But, you know, eventually they just lowered the amount of skills altogether for all the classes where most of the skills could fit on a two, like two toolbars and you're, you know, pretty good, which is fine. But even then it gets a little over complicated and people get overwhelmed. That's why, like, I remember back in the day they were offering character boosts in WoW. Well, they still are, but I never agreed with character boosting, not because I thought it was a cheap way to level up, which it is. But I just thought it's so fucking hard in a game like that to learn how to use your character. When you level boosted from like level 1 to 80 or 70 or whatever it was at the time, you had a level 70 character. And people would often do it with a character they weren't familiar with because, you know, you get a free character. Oh, I've never played a rogue. Well, instead of grinding one, I could have a level 70 rogue. But now you have a level 70 rogue with, you know six toolbars of abilities that you got to learn how each one works. Whereas if you had progressed since level one, you would have slowly learned new abilities and then eased your way into that character. So I never really agreed with that stuff with like character boosting because I found it just, it, it was overwhelming, at least for me. I'm, I'm kind of fucking slow when it comes to that shit. I'm, I have to like learn every ability as it comes and I find that's the easiest for me. And obviously in newer versions of WoW, they've kind of, again, they've simplified it, but, but, uh, and it's ironic that I'm talking about WoW because WoW simplified their skill trees, which is 
Also, the problem I have with Hogwarts Legacy, I find that this, and I think I talked about this on the last episode actually, but I find that the skill tree is too simplified. That's one of my, that's one of my criticisms. I found the skill tree was really bare bones. There wasn't much complexity. You couldn't really do any crazy builds or anything like that. And that coincides with, I feel like, I feel like there should have been an alignment system of some kind in this game. And I know I said that before, but I will say it again, because I truly believe that game would have benefited from like a good or evil, like a fable version of, you know, morality where you kind of turn into a, you know, a good guy or you turn into a dark wizard. And I understand it would have been hard to, it would have been hard to implement because you're a student at Hogwarts and you're, you know, you're technically a kid, you know, whatever it is, 15 years old. He's a fifth year. So, you know, something like that. 14, 15, I think is the age they're going for. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, I think, it, I think it's right. Like, so it would have been weird to like develop into a dark wizard at so young. But they, you know, they could have made it work. They could have, it, it, it's, you gotta, if you could suspend disbelief that a fifth year is just capping cave trolls, like no, no, like nobody's business and, you know, destroying all these fully fledged dark wizards and, you know, goblins and all that stuff, you know, you could suspend your disbelief that he could be a, you know, a death eater or what have you. So I think the, I think it would have benefited from an alignment system. That just would have been really neat. Um, the other thing that started my whole tangent about Path of Exile and World of Warcraft, um, uh, besides the talents was the lack of variety of enemies. That's what originally what I was trying to get at. And I think I narrowed it down to seven. There's really only seven types of enemies. You have your dark wizards, which the poachers are basically dark wizards. Fight me. Cause that's all they are. It's just a reskin. Yes, they're a different faction. They're technically, what, Rookwood? They're Rookwood's men? Okay, whatever. Same same shit, different basket. And then, so yeah, you had Dark Wizards, Goblins, uh, Dogs, what the fuck, the, the Wolves, the Worgen, those gigantic wolves, Spiders, Inferi, which were the undead, and then you had Trolls and Durbogs. Dubogs? I don't know if I'm saying that right. The little frog things. The frog things that are hard as shit normally, like tough as shit. But then once you realize that you can just Leviosa them during their tongue attack and then cut them up, use the Defendo spell to cut off their tongue and it one hits them. Yeah, that's a pro hack tip from Cody. Um, so yeah, like that's it. That's really it. Those are seven enemies. And I know somebody's screaming from the back going, what about the grap horns? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Te technically you fight the grap horns, which are one of the fantastic beasts that you tame. Um, it's like the last beast that you get to tame through the quest line. And you, it's the only beast that you actually have to fight. And then once it's, you know, depleted its health, then you can capture it in its weakened state. But it's, yeah, there's really 
there's really not a big variety of enemies. And obviously, all of those enemies have different versions of themselves, but I don't count that as a different enemy type because it's the same fucking shit. It's just different. It's again, it's like the poachers and the dark wizards. It's the same thing. It's a river troll. It's a cave troll. It's a, you know, 4chan troll. It's the same shit. <laughs> just a different basket. You know, the armor trolls. What are they? They're just spongier versions. And the other, the other thing that I had a problem with was, this is a, a small combat thing that I'll just kind of mention, is that I found that, so there's an option in the game. We'll put it this way. There's an option to learn the unforgivable curses, or you can choose not to. I don't know why the hell you wouldn't. There, maybe there's a different ending if you don't. I really don't know. But I obviously want to learn them because they're badass. But there's a point in the game where you do learn the kill curse, which is a Vada Kedavra. And I thought it was a little fucking overpowered because I just figured, you know, they do the classic RPG thing where it's like, well, it's a kill curse, but it's not going to, you know, it's just a couple thousand damage, you know, the old kill curse. But no, in this game, it is legitimately a kill curse. It has a like a long cooldown, but it doesn't fucking matter. It kills trolls. You go up against a troll, Avada Kedavra, dead. A boss, I don't know about the last boss, Ranrock. I don't know about that stuff. I haven't again. I didn't fight Ranrock yet. That's the last thing I need to do. Uh, but like, I fought an infamous foe in the southern areas, and he was one of the. I'd say he's definitely one of stronger enemies in the game and I literally Avada Kedavra him like one hit kill so I get it's realistic to the lore I suppose but holy fuck is it overpowered especially if you have the talent that makes it so that all cursed enemies um when you Avada Kedavra somebody it kills all cursed enemies so what you do is you crucio one guy and then you have the crucio talent that when you attack that person with Crucio, it bounces off of them and curses other targets. So you just curse somebody with Crucio, attack them till everybody else is cursed. Then you have Vada Kedavra and everybody dies. Like, those combat trials are so trivial once you have that combo. But, again, it does kind of play into the whole dark arts are powerful thing. But... That's where I feel like there could have been an alignment thing where, yes, the dark arts are powerful, but maybe there's a downside to it where, you know, you're less armored or, you know, you're you're hunted by good wizards or, you know, there has to be some in in most games. There has to be an equivalent exchange. There has to be some consequence for power. It was always the problem I had with Fable, the original Fable. Everybody knows that in the OG cut, not the one where you can get Avos Tear or Tear, whatever the hell you guys think it is. In the original Fable, the ultimate sword was the Sword of Aeons. And unless you glitched under the map and you were a cheating rotten bastard, which we all know we've done that, and I actually have a video of me doing that. I, I might put that on the game on the gaming portion of the channel sometime. If I could find that video, it's pretty it's probably in the archive somewhere. But yeah, you can glitch under the map and get the Sword of Aeons at 
literally the beginning beginning of the game because the, the the sword is actually spawned under the map and instead of the instead of the creators removing the sword they just literally hid it under the map they're like no oh, nobody else you know nobody will get under here to see it you know and, and they just raised it up for the last cutscene in the game but you can't glitch and be a dirty rotten bastard and have that level one be overpowered but other than that if you played legitimately at the end of the game you have a choice to make and the choice is to take the sword and kill your sister with it or you save your sister and in the original again in the patch version in the lost chapters all that stuff where they actually finished the game yes there is a sword i, I believe it's Avos tier let me just double check that because i don't want to feel like an idiot here uh well, I always sound like an idiot. Let's be honest. <laughs> okay. I want to make sure this is the right one. Yes. Yeah, that was the... I think it was. Yeah. Bower Stone. Yeah, it says right here, this is arguably the most powerful legendary weapon in the game, along with the Sword of Aeons. As both weapons have identical power, damage, attack speed, and augments. However, the weapon with the highest damage stat is the Solus Greatsword. Which is true, but the Solus Greatsword is slower. It should be noted that it is a light weapon and can be therefore strike more times. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. This And everybody makes that argument that the Solus Greatsword... And it's ironic because the Solus Greatsword you just buy. It's, uh, you know, it's the best sword in the game but yes damage wise but when you think about dps no it's slow as fuck and avos tier and the sort of aeons are quick so yeah avos tier yes you can get it but in the original <laughs> i'm going off on all these tangents today jesus christ but it's all right you guys love it but in the original cut of in the original cut of fable at the very end there was no repercussions for killing your sister there's there was absolutely no reason not to kill her like yes obviously there's the moral thing and i've brought this up before it's the more you know there's the moral thing you feel bad but ultimately it's a video game so in a video game you know you know, you got you can't relate to the characters as much. You know, sometimes you can. I, I personally didn't feel like I was that connected to Teresa, but either way, it's when you look at actual consequences in that game, like, yeah, you get evil points for doing it, but you also get the most powerful sword in the game. So you're uber powerful and you can just do good deeds to regain those evil points that you lost. But it's just like there was no, in the original cut, There, I just wish there was more of an impact. Like maybe nobody would like you ever again. Maybe it was impossible. Or like the guild shunned you. You got kicked from the guild. And maybe guild heroes would actively seek you out to kill you. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was, it, it seemed like such a huge decision at the time. But then if you chose to spare your sister... You know, you spared your sister. That's nice. But there was no, like, there was no reaper. Like, you're si there was no benefit to sparing her. 
Again, besides the moral thing. And it was the same with Whisper, if ever, anybody remembers, in the uh, arena in, in, in Darkwood. At the end of the arena, you could choose to take half the winnings and walk away, like split it with Whisper, or you could just kill her ass and take all the winnings. And again, there's no downside. Like, yeah, Thunder will be a dick to you. He'll be like, you killed my sister. I hate you. But the reality is he'll be a fucking dick to you anyway. And you're going to fight him either way. You know, he has a slightly different speech with you. That's it. There's nothing else that changes. In uh, I don't know if it's exclusive to the Lost Chapters or not. But if you do spare Whisper, she will be in Oakvale later. And she has like a special dialogue with you. But again, what they could have done is... You spare Whisper, you get good points, that's nice. You sacrificed half your winnings. But maybe there's a really hard battle at the end of the game. Like, Jack's minions are fucking everywhere. Or, or maybe there's two villages that you have to save. But you can only save one. But if you save Whisper, she can go save the other one. Or, again, there's a big battle and she helps you in the big battle. But no, no, there's nothing like that. And bringing it back to Hogwarts, there just, there always needs to be stuff like that. And from what I've seen in the game, there's no reason not to get these curses. Again, there's maybe like some, you know, you might feel bad for your character. Oh, my, I just don't feel like my character would do unforgivable. That's fine. You can role play your character however you want. But meta speaking, as far as power goes, you'd just be an idiot at that point. You should have those curses. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there should have been a little bit more depth to, the, to all that stuff, but I don't know. All in all, I will say, I, again, I still like the game. Oh, I almost forgot. Sorry. I almost forgot about my other gripe. I had another fucking gripe with this game, and it actually pissed me off. Uh, so the Merlin Trials. Everybody knows the Merlin Trials by now. It's how you expand your inventory slots. You do all these Merlin trials. And on the map, you can see if you go to the world map how many there are in the game. There's 95 in, in the world. 95 of these fucking things to do. And they're everywhere and there's so, God, so many of them. 95, that's, that's a lot. And, you know... I'm the hardcore completionist, so I've completed everything, all the chests, everything. I did all the Merlin trials. And you only need about, I think it's like 50 or 60 of them to get all your inventory slots. And you get XP for doing them. But after that, from 50, I think it's 50 or 60 to 95, you don't get experience. You don't get jack. But I'm thinking in my head, because I'm a game designer. No, I'm not. But I like to think like one sometimes. Well, actually, I like to think I think better than them sometimes because this is brilliant. But, you know, stupid me was thinking, well, maybe if I do all 95 of the trials, even though I'm not getting more experience and I'm not getting more, you know, I'm not getting more inventory, maybe there's like a secret at the end. Like maybe like you get Merlin. What I was thinking is you would get a cosmetic. You would get like Merlin's robes or something, Merlin's hat and glasses and all that shit. But no. You complete all the fucking trials and you don't get jack shit for it. 
And it just doesn't make sense to me. I thought that was so fucking stupid. I'm like, you guys put 95 of these fucking things. And again, I could have quit after 60 when I got all my inventory slots. And I would have been fine. Yeah, okay. When I did all of them, I got one Steam achievement. Ah, ah. What, what the fuck is that worth? Jack and shit. Jack has left town. I.e., we're only left with shit. So, yeah, I was a little pissed off at that. That, you know, not that I put in all the time, because I would have put in time anyway, because I, you know, I just wanted to be a completionist with this game. But I was just kind of, it was such a missed opportunity to me. Because I feel like, yeah, they cut you off at 60. So, you know, some players are probably going to stop then. But, you know, those tryhards like me that want to be a completionist and get all those, you know, reward them with something. But no, they didn't. No, nothing. Forgetting all the astronomy tables, you got the astronomy, you know, you got the little astronomy robes, which is kind of cool. That was only 15 tables, I think, in total. But, but yeah, 95 Merlin Childs, go fuck yourself. So I thought that was a little stupid, but all in all, still love the game. <coughs> still, still had a lot of fun with it. Uh, still got to finish the last quest, but as far as I've seen so far, I give her between an 8 and an 8.5. And I think it could get an extra 1. Like, it could be a 9.5, 10, even, if they would have added more of an alignment system and uh, more complex skill tree. That would have really killed it for me. But the thing I want to end off on today, that's... That's so basically everybody fucking skip skip the whole podcast if you didn't want spoilers on more Hogwarts Legacy. It's not my fault, okay? I love that game. I just love talking about it. But let me just bring it up. This is one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. I thought was I thought was strange. There's so most of you probably know about this company. Well, maybe you don't. You've seen their shorts, I'm sure, called DK Oldies. And they're a retro video game reseller. Like, they find consoles and games and they resell them. And they've been doing it for, I think, since, like, 04, probably. Let me look it up, actually. I want to be stupid. Uh, When was DK Oldies founded? I need a new keyboard. My WASD keys are just fucked. Uh, yeah, DK Oldies. Family run for over 19 years. Look at that cute little guy. But yeah, so... Yeah, DK Oldies has been around for... How fucking long? What are you saying? Come on, Google. <laughs> just says for 18 years. So I guess, yeah, that'd be 04 era, 05. Either way, irrelevant. My my point is that there's some sort of a feud I've noticed. And it's, uh, let me just bring it up here. Oh, come on. This one. That's what. Review Tech USA. So, 
I've been kind of following this drama because I've noticed it been popping up. Now, I I'm not like a regular consumer of uh, Review Tech USA, but I am familiar with Rich, and I know him. And I know he's been involved in a few things in his time, and and he's you know he was involved with like the television Amico. He had like Tommy Tellerico on his on his podcast, I believe. And, you know, I know that was a fucking huge scam. That whole thing was a scam, it turned out to be. So I was a little, I was a little, eh. I, I didn't really know if I could trust Rich. But he does, you know, he seems to be pretty honest. And he's not the only one to bring this up that I've seen. There's been a few people that have called out DK oldies. But basically, well, I guess I should explain what the controversy is. But the whole controversy is, that if you look at the Koldies, uh, they make they've blown up again. They've been over like almost twenty years. They've been around, but they've been blowing up recently because of TikTok and shit like that. Short form videos because they have that one guy, I can't remember his name, but he's in all the. <clears throat> Is it this? Yeah, I I don't know his name. I don't remember. I don't care right now, but you, you know him. He's the guy with the red hair and the, he always wears the decal this shirt he always does these cute little videos of him boxing up customer orders and they're made really well and edited really well and they're really appealing and they're you know it's cool so they've been blowing up because of that but the whole the reason rich from review tech usa is going after this guy going after this company is because they say in their their whole mantra is that they refurbish old consoles and and games and anything they sell. They're a little bit more pricey than than like your average eBay or you know whatever. Your average reseller, anything like that. They're a little bit a, a little bit more expensive. They've got deals on here, but for example, there's an original NES two-player pack, which looks like it's a Nintendo with two controllers. Now, this is Canadian, kids, so you'll have to do some metric conversion, whatever the hell you guys do in America. But it's on sale for $195 Canadian right now. But the regular price is almost $300 fucking dollars, $270, which is fucking crazy. If I go on eBay right now... um. If my page loads, because apparently I have an old computer, or the internet sucks shit. Okay, so you look up an NES console on eBay. Look at that right there. Like Nintendo NES system. Uh, NES system with two controllers, a zapper, and three games. All the three Mario games. Uh, all the cords for. 119 bucks Canadian plus shipping. 40 bucks shipping. Jesus Christ, United States. Calm down. You're right there. But even right here, another Nintendo, one controller, three games, 90 bucks plus $10 shipping. You know, a, a complete in box Nintendo is about 200 bucks right now. Three, 300 if you're. <coughs> excuse me, Jesus. I'm getting too excited. 
you know, 300 if it's really good. Let's see what's going on here. Complete box. NES console. Yeah. Right there. Nintendo. Complete box. $210. There's one here. It's the action set. $350. You know? $600. Oh, that's a Super Nintendo. Yeah, the Super Nintendo's worth a little bit more. But still, $600. That's a little bit crazy. But that one looks really good. That one's fucking... Looks like like the the Super Nintendo hasn't even been removed. It's still in plastic and shit, and the original rubber bands, like they literally just opened. It. Oh, that's the oh sorry, that's the Legend of that's the one that shipped with Legend of Zelda. I didn't even know it shipped with. Is that linked to the past? Sorry, you guys are just. This is no longer a podcast. This is just me searching for shit on eBay. Oh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Game Inside. I did not know that they packed Super Nintendo with that. That's fucking badass. Still, I'm not paying $600, bitch. But anyways, we're getting off track here, guys. That's my, that's my whole life. Let's be honest. If you guys have watched any of these episodes, you guys know that I don't. I'm bullshit at this. <laughs> I just... Go from topic to topic to topic. Don't even think about it. Either way. So, 100, 200 bucks around there. That's with shipping. That's where you can get these consoles. So, DK Oldies is selling them without games. Just two controllers for about 300 bucks regularly. 270 bucks. With, you know, tax and all that. Shipping, probably 300. Canadian. Again, you Americans and your. Uh, I was going to say AMD. That's, that's not the American dollar. It's fucking USD, you fuck. AMD, the fucking the GPU guys. And, well, CPU. They're just a technology company, all right? I'm getting goofy here. My sore throat's kicking me. I need to drink some water, but we're too far in boys and girls and non-binary folk. But Either way, so the whole point is they're selling them for quite a ways, usually 100 to 150 above the asking rate. Now, why are they doing this? Well, some would say they're just resellers, but no. The thing with DK Oldies is that they're promising, like I said earlier, they're promising that these are refurbished consoles. They had a Wii video where they showed they were replacing the laser on a Wii, they were showing, you know, replacing the pins on an NES. They're basically showing that when they get a console in, they buy it from somebody dirt cheap, and then they take it to their person in the back, and they basically take it all apart, dust it, clean it, refurb it, you know, change, like, basically change anything it needs. If it needs a new disc reader, if it needs a new laser, if it needs new pins for, you know, the pins are shot on an old NES. I know I've replaced the pins on mine before. Uh, it's, you know, that's what they do. They refurb them. So the problem and the drama that's going on that I've just noticed, because it's funny because Review Tech USA, Rich has been calling it, you know, DK Oldies Review because his last, like, 20 videos have all been about DK Oldies, which is hilarious. But the biggest problem that he has is that 
they're not refurbing the consoles. And he's gotten a few of these consoles from them. And I think he had a he had a Nintendo, like an NES. He had a PlayStation. You guys are probably going to hear my brother open the door here. He just got home. So don't mind the extra noise. Hopefully he's quiet. He knows it's recording hour. But, you know, his that's so that's his biggest problem. That's like the whole controversy that's going on is that they're not refurbing the consoles. And he ordered a couple consoles from them. And yeah, they weren't refurbed. They're dusty as hell on the inside. A couple of them didn't work. And, you know, he did another one because they thought, you know, maybe they're just clowning on him because they know him or whatever. But he sent one to an undisclosed address that, like, nobody knew was his address. Because it wasn't his address. It was a random friend, I'm guessing. But, and he got that Xbox shipped there, and it was still a piece of shit, and it was, you know, not dusted in. So, again, you know, what does this whole controversy come down to? And and Rich will say, for Review Tech, like, if they were just overpricing consoles, he wouldn't give a fuck. But the problem is that Review Tech, or (laughs) Review Tech... DK Oldies, rather, is scamming people because they're just preying on people that don't give a fuck. They, they'll never look inside that system, but they're they're preying on people saying that, don't worry, you're getting the best console ever because it's refurbished. Even though it's not refurbished, you know, essentially all they got it, looked it, maybe they powered it on. Yeah, it reads a disc or it reads a cartridge, whatever. Okay, send it out the door, you know. Whereas, you know, and I tend to agree with them because I guarantee, I guarantee if these people are, you know, you know, go to a pawn shop or what have you, and they're picking up 20 Nintendos, they're not fucking taking apart 20 Nintendos and, you know, getting them down to the bare bones and checking the boards and the capacitors and, you know, checking to see if it's all there. No, they're just going to power that bitch on. See if it posts, you know, does it work? And then if it works, okay, put it to the resellable pile. And I think that's about as far as they go. So a lot of people are saying that, you know, Rich is making it up, that he's just jealous of their success. And I know DK Oldies has even said that. (coughs) Pardon me. DK Oldies has even said that, like, he's just jealous of their success right now. But... I tend to not agree with that because my my question is, what is he gaining from this? Like, obviously, he's getting views on his YouTube channel for, from the drama. But, like, originally, what is he getting out of this for the original argument? He does, you know, like, if, if they, if, if there wasn't really a problem, everybody would be speaking up saying, oh, he's just lying. And then everybody would abandon him. So, like, I I don't feel like the ends don't justify the means if if there wasn't a real issue. And, you know, it's not just Rich. There's been a bunch of other YouTubers that have been hopping on this bandwagon, bandwagon of ordering consoles from DK Oldies to check them out. I, I, I must say, I, I'm kind of tempted to do it myself but unfortunately i don't have that much disposable income 
to waste on a console that probably won't work. And so I don't know. I, I'm going to see how this plays out. Um, it's it's getting more and more heated every day, and there's more and more people speak, speaking out against it. But I will say, just from my perspective, and just what I think and how I know from, you know, being a guy that's been in the technology business, it's, you know, it's the same as, like, anything. You know, people will say, we, you know, we refurbish this, whether it's a, a, a photocopier or whether it's a what have you. It could be a game system. It could be a anything, any kind of electronic CD player, a car for fuck's sakes. You could say it's refurbished. And that basically means for the most part, yeah, we went through it. Does it work? Is there any error codes? Fix the error codes. Okay, we're good. But a lot of people are fucking lazy. And what some people think is when they say refurbished, they think, well, they stripped this thing down to bare metal and they, you know, cleaned it up, polished it. And they put it back together and made sure it worked. But that's just, I just don't see that being true. Especially with the volume. If you've ever seen DK's, um, if you've ever seen their, like, if you've ever seen their videos, that he does with the shorts, it'll be, let's pick your console. And it's like a box of consoles. Like, like for example, it'll be like, you know, it'll be like a little box of probably 20 NESs all stuffed together, you know? And it's like, did they actually meticulously go through all of those and take them apart one by one? I really highly doubt that. And I'm, I'm very, very inclined to not believe that because... That would that would be an immense amount of work, and yeah, I just I just don't see it. And again, I've been in tech sectors before where people have quote unquote refurbished things, and a lot of it is just people factory resetting things and making sure you know they work and they do what they're supposed to. And obviously, if there's an issue with the quality of the product that is required then they'll address that problem. But when it comes to the game consoles, I'm sure it's as bare bones as does turn on to the play games. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, again, we'll see how this, we'll see how this plays out. If, if they aren't refurbing all these machines and they're just saying they are, I will say that that is a very scummy thing to do. Because it does prey on people, and that is one of the reasons they are overpriced, is because, because if you if you know the gaming market at all, like retro gaming market, you would look at DK Oldies and be like, these fucking prices are out of control. But, but, but again, it is what it is. If they're just, if they're just selling them because they're being scumbags and inflating the price, that's one thing. But what they're doing, again, is saying that these are refurbished, you know, clean to the nines. And from what I've watched, probably seven or eight different YouTubers uh, review DK all these uh, consoles. And again, I can only I can only assume that they're being honest, that 
It really did come from DK Oldies, and that that really is a console that came from them. You know, and a lot of these guys, including Review Tech USA, Rich, um, they've shown like the shipping label that it came from DK Oldies. But the reality of that is that you can you can fabricate a shipping label fucking easily. Like literally, I make them at work every day. Like, well, not anymore. I don't really work in that department, but literally, all you do is you, you print it off on a template. <coughs> Excuse me. You just print it off on a template. And you can put it whatever the fuck you want in there. So, if a guy wanted to, would be hard to make a fake shipping label. But again, I don't think people would go through all this effort just just to sink a video game reseller. You know, just for no reason. Because again, from the skin deep when you look at these guys and I've, I've seen their stuff for the last couple of years pop up on you know instagram shorts and all that and facebook shorts and you know yeah it's charming little guy packing up orders for people it's kind of cute so it's just i don't see why people would want to sink that ship unless there was really a problem you know it's not like they were being aggressive or you know saying they're better than anybody else they weren't inviting people to clown on them, so I don't know. Either way, uh, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, hopefully, we get a conclusion. And you know, I again, I tend to be more on Rich's side at this point. I don't really know either side of the battle well. I again, I've watched Review Tech before, and it's. It was kind of sad that he was on the side of the television Amico back in the day because that was a failed fucking... We knew that was a failure. I knew it was a failure for a long fucking time, but again, I don't know Rich, so I don't know. Maybe he was, you know, being paid by Tommy Tellerico or maybe he just was buddies or maybe he just didn't know any better, to be honest. That just happens, so... But in this case... um. I just don't see what's in it for him. I don't see what would be in it for Rich to make make up all this shit. Again, other than like the clicks on YouTube, but if it turns out that he's just being an asshole and he was wrong the whole time, it's going to sink his fucking channel. So, you know, you get a little bit better views for like four months or whatever, but then you sink your whole YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's worth it. But either way, <clears throat> my throat is killing me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run out of water soon. So, thank you everybody so much for listening today. I hope you got <laughs> the first half was my final review, final thoughts at Hogwarts, and then the latter half was the DK Oldie scandal. So, it was a, uh, you know, a little bit of a longer episode. It ended. I thought it was gonna be shorter than that, but I ended up rambling for. <laughs> that's what i do I, I get off on i'll be talking about hogwarts and then randomly i'm talking about fable and i'm talking about diablo it, it go, i just it's how my mind works i think i got some sort of a mental thing there adhd add i don't know we'll figure it out eventually again thank you guys so much for watching remember to follow the podcast on all social media links are in the description below and i will see you the next episode. Peace. Baracadabra.